Hi, ladies. My name is Terry Stagner, and um, we're going to be doing marriage and ministry. And I feel like between Michelle and Bethany, <laughs> God is so good because it's just like this, everything. But anyways, um, my husband and I um, got off to a really rocky start. After our first child was a year old, we were getting a divorce. And then the Lord healed our marriage, and then we had a son and four grandkids. I've been in women's ministry for over 30 years, and my husband's a senior pastor at Calvary Chapel Tustin. That's just a little bit about me. Um, this is real talk as women. Um, we can balance uh, a thriving marriage in ministry, because like Michelle and Bethany was saying, all eyes are on us. We're being watched all the time. So I just thought what I'm going to talk about today is just reality of where we're living and what we deal with. So let's pray. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you so much for the nourishment we received at the two other sessions and how grateful we are, even for the heartache, how you bring such fruit from that and how you also give words of encouragement so that we don't lose heart and that we stay the course and hang in there. And I pray, Lord, that you do that now, that, um, that you cause our marriages to be fresh and alive and that you cause our ministries, because home base is, is on fire, that church is affected by it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Four Bs. The first one's going to be balancing. Uh, second one will be boundaries. Third one will be burnout and then bonding. Hallelujah, we get to that. But um, I'll go ahead and be um, telling you what they are as we go. But the definition of balance is a state of equilibrium, something used to produce the equal distribution of weight, mental steadiness or emotional stability, habit of calm behavior and judgment, being in a harmonious or proper arrangement or adjustment. First Peter 5, 8, in the Amplified, See how good God is. He, he just keeps having every speaker give something for the next session. Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. For the enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger. Amen to that. Seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Balance for us as Christian women begins with our relationship with God, just like Michelle was talking about. Everything that flows from that connection, you and I and the Lord being connected, is really how our lives go, right? If that connection is tight and good and strong, then we're going we're gonna to do well or we'll weather the storms as, as they come. He's our guide, our comforter, our strength, our hope, our healer, everything we have need of for our, our families, our personal walk. It's paramount and crucial that we get that ground floor kind of thing in there. And I don't want to lay any guilt trips on you. That's not my deal. I'm a woman. I get all the, we have so much guilt, right? You don't need any more, not from me. But um, the devil would like to get in and hamper what all God wants to do in and through us and everything that we're connected to, which is a spouse, our families, all that stuff. So um, as women, we don't put ourselves first right? We're kind of front-loaded that it's other people first. It's, oh, it's our kids. Oh, it's our husband. Oh, it's my, my sick parent or somebody. We don't think about ourselves. And so, yes, you have to do these things, but you also have to care for you. 
And so I only tell you what you already know, what you've already been told, because we don't think about ourselves. And uh, some women, you know, of course, probably think about themselves too much. But in general, I would say women uh, don't care enough about taking care of them. And today, later on, I'm going to talk to you about self-care and about marriage care, which are primary and vital and crucial. But um, anyways, it's just an area the devil just tries to get us. And we get busy, and we're busy for the Lord, and it replaces our time with him. You know, we're always doing these things. So um, I, I want to say to you that what you think about the first seven minutes when you're awake, studies have proven that sets the course for your whole day. So, you know, you might not have time to sit down and give the Lord an hour and do, an in, you know, some kind of inductive study and dissecting words, but you've got time to give him. Good morning, Lord. I love you. What do you have for me today? I want to honor you and bring you glory. Once you start thinking like that, it's like, ah, oh, I, I need your word too. Come on. <laughs> give me a verse. You know, you know what I mean? Because I love what Michelle said. She said that when she put God first and got in the word, she'd get a phone call. You know, so the Lord will use it. He, his word is alive and it's powerful. So it'll build you up and encourage you. And then it's going to affect those around you. So that's uh, one thing. Look at it this way. If you eat healthy and work out two times a year, you're not going to get the same results as if you eat healthy in general and you work out three to five days a week. Any, any people who like to work out in here? I'm a speed walker, so like I love getting outside and I love pushing my granddaughter around. But it's not the same if I only did that twice a year, right? So my five miles, I would be... <gasps> If it, but now it's like, yeah, I'm talking on the phone, pushing her up the hill, you know. But but that's the benefit you get by doing it more often. Or look at it this way. What if you just brushed your, no, what if you went to the dentist twice a year? Would it be the same as just brushing your teeth twice a day? You, you see, it's basic. You get it. You understand the concept. But it's that, in, that important. You're going to get more from the Lord if you put him first. No guilt. I promise you I don't mean any guilt here. But um, but think about you and think about him when you first wake up. Not like, oh, my gosh, what do I have to do? I need coffee, you know, or whatever. <laughs> or I hear them screaming in the other room. Our daughter and granddaughter uh, moved in with us a year ago. And it's like, you know, I used to be able to kind of take my mornings easy. You know what I'm saying? You know, my kids have grown up and moved out. And it's a little different. So anyways. But life as a pastor's wife isn't all fairy dust and rose petals. You don't just skip around. and Because if you're not filling your tank up, what you do is visible. Things are going to come your way that you're going to have to deal with. That if you are not in the word and in the spirit and on fire, you might set someone else on fire, right? <laughs> Bam! <laughs> I've done that a time or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't good. But, um, you know, you learn as you go. So, <laughs> but we need Jesus. Amen. We need our tanks full of Jesus. Hallelujah. But we're 24 7, 365. Oh, that sounds too heavy, right? 24 7, 365. But think about what that covers. It covers our husband, our family, our ministry, our health, our rest, and all the things. 
because our total devotion to God is all of us. It's our mind, our soul, our will, our strength. It is all of who we are as women in this room. So it's a 724-365, and guess what? That includes self-care. That includes rest. That includes marriage care. That includes your devotion time. The whole you as a woman. The expectations that people have on us, they don't define us, but God does. Amen? Take that one. Ooh, write it down. It's not like it's you haven't heard it before, but I just said it to you. I just spoke it over your lives. The expectations that people have for you are not always what God has for you, and he's the one that's in control. And how many times have you had someone come whisper something to you, and you weren't filled up in the spirit and in the word of God, and you're like, yeah, well, maybe, and, you know, I should be, and why didn't I, and, you know? So it's a guard. Hallelujah. It's a guard. Mark 6, 30 through 32 says, The apostle gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. But first, we must recognize that part of our relationship to Jesus and our calling includes getting away and having time for, and not the way the world uses the phrase now, self-care is like a big thing. Um, You know what I'm talking about, right? You get what I'm saying. Self-care, take care of you. They all fall under our dedication to him. And some here today might need a shift in that because we don't think about ourselves. We're always putting all the needs that we have because everybody's fighting for our time and they're valuable things. They're important things. They're schedules and school and kids and all the stuff. I don't even have to name it all. And at my age, I went through having ill parents and having to care for them. All the things. I get it. All the stuff. But we have to think about how we take care of ourselves. And so maybe some will need a shift. I can't stress how vitally important it is to take care of you. As women in general, we just don't do that. So I want to segue into enough now, no guilt trip. I told you you'd get out of that without a guilt trip. I want to move on to our next B, and that's boundaries. Creating and maintaining boundaries is a part of how we function in life. Again, Basic 101, kids don't play in the street, can't play on the freeway. There are boundaries, right? Helps lives continue and helps lives thrive. Well, it's the same thing for us. They're immeasurably valuable to us as women. And they're valuable to our marriages and they're valuable to our ministries. So boundaries are very important. Say for my husband and I, We don't counsel the opposite sex alone. We don't talk on the phone to the opposite sex. Uh, You get what I'm saying. Healthy boundaries. We don't communicate privately on social media with the opposite. You get what I'm saying? Basic boundaries. They're no-brainers. They're like what everybody should have in play here. Um, But there are boundaries that allow our marriages also to thrive and to grow and to, to actually benefit from. And the Lord showed me a long, long time ago the power I have over my husband. My influence 
is great with my man, but I didn't always appreciate it, and I have misused it. You know that old big fat Greek wedding that where the neck? Oh, honey, I'm the neck, and I'm his heart and everything, right? We have to be mindful of the power that we have with our husbands. And there has to be boundaries there. We have to understand um, the influence that we have. I, I understand we're all different. We come from different backgrounds. We're different ages. We have different experience. And we have different baggage, too, all of us. But I want to share a few things with you that are for all of us, every single one of us here. Um, allow your husband to make mistakes. And if he does something differently than you, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily wrong. And if he makes a mistake, you know what? He's not your kid. You don't get to discipline him. Um, starting down that road, it can be fixed. But going down that road is not a good place to go. You're not his mommy, right? I know some of you are thinking, yes, I understand that. I'm not his mommy. I'm his mother. No. <laughs> no. You know what? Allow him allow him to make mistakes. Sorry. Sorry. We're strong women, right? <laughs> I'm not his mommy. I'm his mother. Um, next thing. Our husbands are not Jesus. Take your burdens to Jesus. If you don't have to talk to your husband about it, if you don't have to bring it to him, because I'm all for good communication. I talk with my man. We talk through things. That's not what I'm talking about. If you don't need to take it to him, you get down on your knees and take it to Jesus. He's the Savior, the Creator, the Ruler of the heavens and the earth. He's the Almighty, the All-Knowing. Don't add that to him if he doesn't need it, if he doesn't need to be a part of it. Don't bring it to him. You know, I don't call my man all the time. I'm not like, hey, babe, you know, I was kind of hungry for, you know, whatever. The silly, I don't know what, what you would call about. But I don't call him. I can call him anytime I want. He has an office at home. I can go in there anytime I want, but I don't. I give him space to do what God's called him to do. I give him time so that he can read the word, that he's in prayer, that he's the man I need him to be. So that he can write his messages and write his books and do whatever else he's doing. But I give him space to do that. And I'm not adding to the burden he already has because there's already things we're going to have to deal with in marriage, right? But if we don't have to take it to him, don't take it to him. It's part of cultivating your relationship with Jesus. Amen? Um, another thing is make your homes a sanctuary. Now, our house was full a lot. Throughout the years, it's been full a lot for ministry. But anyone that knows me knows that my kids' spaces were private. I had a lady over at the house one time, and she said, oh, can I take a tour of your home? Um, and she wanted to go upstairs, and I, and I just said, no, I'm sorry. Those are my kids' private spaces. And I had to not feel bad about it. Now, not talking about your inner circle. I'm not talking about your Bible study group where the kids are in the kids' bedroom. I'm not talking about I'm just talking about let your kids have a sense that this is their home and these are their things. And we do share, but they have space. 
The other thing is, don't talk about all the ugly jazz in front of those little ears or in front of the big ears. It doesn't matter. Or in front of unsaved family members. Zip it. Zip it. That hypocrisy is a killer. It will snuff the life of our children out when they, because they're going to grow up. Trust me, they grow up. It's a, it, it, hypocrisy ruins marriages. It takes down ministries. Be the same person you are at home, in public, at church, wherever you are, in the grocery store, in the mall. When someone's being mean to your kids, be the same person everywhere. You're able to do that when you're in balance. Kind word turns away wrath. There's all kinds of things that can the Lord gives you. He's got weapons, and they're, they're, it, they're amazing weapons, too, that we can use in the world that we've got to navigate. But don't let there be a hypocritical spirit in your home. Let your home be a... That's part of being a sanctuary, is that your home is real. I remember one time, I think it was at our 2550. I don't know. We're so old and been married so long. But... Um, uh, our daughter shared something, and I was like, wow, I didn't even realize it. But she said, my parents were always the same. And this isn't about, you know, oh, wow, look at me. I'm so church lady. No. She just said, you know, my parents were always the same. And it hit me. Wow, that, that mattered. You know, then I, I was like really aware of, wow. So what you're doing in your homes matters. You're sowing into whoever comes into your home. And whoever you take your home out to, you know what I mean? I didn't talk jazz my, before my mom was saved. My mom got saved Easter and died the next January. Could you imagine if I shared all the junk with her? She'd have never wanted to be a Christian ever. So anyways, that's just that just sounded very serious, right? Because I'm a serious person. <laughs> anyways, um, I want to talk about people boundaries. Under boundaries, I want to talk about people boundaries. They're crucial as well. There was a time when we had a huge problem with someone. I'm talking, it was, it was hard. It was, it was, I want to almost say it was not faith shaking because God and I were tight through it, but it was shaking. It shook me. It was heavy. It was grinding. Um, it was painful. And we just didn't have a day where this person wasn't in some way like there. They were, they were constantly, it was what we thought about, it's what we talked about, it was what we were dealing with. It was just, it was intense, it was heavy, and it was hard. I felt as though um, they were in control of our lives. You know how that is? Have you ever had someone like that? And um, I had an epiphany one day. I get those once in a while. I've had a few throughout the years, but... Uh, in fact, here's the list. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I said to my husband, I said, this person, this person doesn't get to rule our lives. And I about said it about that loud. And I don't, I'm, well, I might raise my voice from time to time. But, oh, geez, do I have to be so honest when I get here? But <laughs> I said, they don't rule our home. They don't sit on the throne of my God's temple. They don't have a seat at my table. And I said, I'm done. And they were emotionally escorted off our property, if you know what I mean. Never to return, because I knew that they were toxic, and they were suffocating us, and they were taking everything from us, and it was affecting my kids. And as a mama bear, 
Oh, you don't mess with my babies, my big babies, but you don't mess with them. And so I said, that's it. And you know what? My husband knew it was of the Lord. He knew it was right. And he said, okay, and that was it. Uh, call blocking uh, at the time. It was, I can't, it was a long time ago. So <laughs> um, anyways, I did whatever I had to do. So we set boundaries in place that this person no more had access to our heart, our mind, our home, or anything. And it was amazing. It was awesome. Do you know, I was kind of in shell shock from the phone ringing, from the stuff, like, what's going on? Like, if my husband wanted to tell me something, I'm like, well, what happened? It took me a while to come out of it because it was so intense. I'm seeing it on you. You've had this. Um, so sometimes our boundaries are with toxic people. Distance is required. It's not unloving. It's actually loving. You have to take care of other people. They're in control of themselves, right? This is where we need to draw a conclusion. Saying no can be just as much God's will as saying yes. Sometimes the coming aside and resting a while can be a rest from everything. It can be just a time where the Lord just wants you to rest. It can be certain activities. It can be certain people. But sometimes saying no or sometimes resting is in the perfect center of God's will. God doesn't expect us to constantly suffer abuse at the hands or mouths of the sheep. Sometimes no is just as much the right thing as yes. It's hard for women who are wired for motion to say no to some things. Be, I love women like that. If you're one of those, I love you. Because you like get things done and you're awesome and you're my friend and I love you. <laughs> but sometimes women need to take time and rest and come aside and actually say no without all the false guilt coming in to rob you in your sleep and rob you during the day and rob you with the phone call. Well, I thought you were gonna ba da da. Well, you've always yada, yeah. And, you know, who's going to take care of this then if you don't do this? If God has shown you, if your heavenly Father has shown you to say no or to make a change, listen to him. Honor him by taking care of all of you. Honor him. Healthy boundaries cause our husbands, our families, and our ministries to thrive. And that leads me to burnout. If we are out of balance, if our marriage is out of balance, our ministry is out of balance, we run the risk of fatiguing, severe fatigue. I'm not just talking about the good tired. We all know what that's like, right? Yeah. Go to sleep. Oh, it's time to wake up again. Yeah. Okay. Here we go again. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about over fatiguing into burnout. The business we're all in is the sole business. We have to remember those sweet little souls come in bodies, right? Yeah, they can't get them any other way. Sorry, but that's the way they come. So, but that's all the good stuff too. That's all the joys, all the th times that you've seen marriages make it. 
all the times you see people healed, all the times you see a woman's mind who has been so overwhelmed with the pains and the heartaches of the past be healed, all the victories, all the joys, all the friendships, all the ministries you get to be in, and you get to be with the precious children or whatever it is all along the way. But it's also the hard stuff. It's the stuff when people have things against your husband. Huh, mess with my man. And stuff against you, right? I know, it's awful. I try to be a Christian every day. <laughs> I try so hard to love Jesus that way, and, and I love him, I do. But don't mess with my guy. I'll seriously have to do something. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll pray for you is what I'll do, and he'll get you. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, so... So we're in the soul business, and those souls come in bodies, and sometimes those bodies have teeth, biting teeth. <laughs> yeah. So we have to remember that. We also need to remember that Jesus called us to feed the sheep, even the biting sheep. He's called us to feed the sheep. There was a time when um, my husband and I had been dealing with some really pretty tough stuff. You know, he's a senior pastor, so you have everything, financial, the ministries, the oversight, the yada yada, everything. He's, he teaches twice a week. He writes all the time. He, he's on another, uh, he does other stuff. So he's like, we have all this stuff going on, right? Um, but we were having really hard time with something and not us. <laughs> Jesus already healed that. But it was people stuff. It is always people stuff, right? And it was really hard. It was painful. And you know, because you get over it with one time doesn't mean it's not as cutting and as painful every time it happens. You might get a little bit wiser on how you handle it, but it still hurts. Knives in the back hurt, right? They hurt. And Christians can be mean. Oh, sounds terrible, but they can be. They can't cut. Why? Because we're human. But these people were really mean. I'm telling you. They were, they were rough. It was hard. But anyways, life marches on because my husband's a machine and I'm a machine and you go, 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 right? You just go. And that's all I'd ever learned how to do my whole life is right foot, left to You just keep moving through. Um, I never stopped to deal with things. I didn't learn how to do that. I had to learn how to do that. So we just were pressing on. And I remember I had to run a, a quick errand. I had to go to the mall, which I hate. You know that. I hate it. It's just awful to have to go to that place. Ugh, spend money. But anyway, so I was up on, up on the third floor, made my purchases, had my bags, um, my purse over my shoulders, and was heading to the escalator right? Go into the escalator, go to put my foot on. I can't put my foot down. And I'm like, I tried to do it again. And I couldn't. I started sweating. And I'm thinking, you know, you feel like someone's watching you. And I, I tried to do it again. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Put your foot down on the thing. I couldn't put my foot down. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to find an elevator. I don't even know where an elevator is. I never use elevators. Had to go find an elevator. Well, I just got to my car and plopped myself in the car, and I thought, oh my gosh, what the what? What's happening to me? I was shaking. Big brother. I don't, you know, and I'm sitting there, Lord, what is going on with me? 
what is happening to me? And he said, Terry, how are you really handling all this stuff? He talks to me like that. And I just, I thought, well, I'm doing okay, I thought. I wasn't doing okay. I began, began praying and just asking, Lord, what is going on? Help me. Help me. And I had a, a drive all the way home to think about this. And I got home and talked to my husband. And at this time in our lives, uh, we'd weathered all kinds of hard and hurtful things, all kinds of them. Personally, in my past, anybody that knows me, you know, I got stuff. Um, but we hadn't figured out how to do anything other than what we've been doing, and it wasn't working. And my husband swooped me up, took me away for four days, because if he didn't, I don't know where I was headed. If you can't put your foot down on an escalator, there's something going on there, right? Because I am a strong woman. I'm strong-willed, and I'm strong-minded. I got strong shoulders, but I wasn't this strong. And... um. We were busy at this time, and we could have had a million excuses as to why we could not get away, but we had to get away because we had lost our connection that we needed. We hadn't had any peace. We hadn't had any time to hear a whisper when Michelle said, who said that when getting in the cave, have you heard the whisper? We hadn't had time for it. We couldn't think about anything but this stuff and everything that had to keep churning and going. Runners run, perform better and run faster and have fewer injuries when they take regular walk breaks before they fatigue. I'm not a runner, but I'm a speed walker. I get the concept. The idea is before you burn out, rest, take time. I hate telling you this today, and I put this in and took it out and put it in and took it out because I'm a prideful woman. I don't want to tell you I had trouble getting on an escalator. Now that's about the only thing you're going to remember about me, I know. <laughs> I get on them again, though, going to that awful mall. <laughs> we were emotionally and phys physically fatigued. We were done. All of our time and emotion was sucked into this vortex of just, ugh. My B and I needed to reconnect with each other, to physically remove ourselves and just be together, to just talk, to sleep, to eat, to sleep. We weren't sleeping, you know. When you have things on your mind, you don't sleep. Our focus was just Jesus and each other. I can't tell you. How, how amazing that was. Do you know that was like 20 years ago and I'm still living off it? It was so amazing. <laughs> it was such a good time to reconnect. We just took in God's beauty and we prayed. Oh, those prayers where you're sobbing, you know. He was crying. I gave him tissue, but... Um, <laughs> okay, my husband doesn't cry. <laughs> okay, trust me. <laughs> we had no schedules. We found answers and refreshment in stillness. You don't just wake up one morning and you're burned out. It's accumulative. I want you to hear me. 
want you to hear. This has to do with your balance as a woman. You don't just need to take care of your physical body. You need to eat well. You need to rest. You need to be in the Word of God. You need to take care of you. But this kind of thing, this stuff stacks up. It just adds up. And you don't even realize it. You're good at putting it over here, and then that's full, so you put it over here, right? It just, it's cumulative. So you have to be careful. The valuable lesson here is that you burnout is completely avoidable. It's completely avoidable. I've heard of so many people who have crashed and burned, not just in ministry, but out. We have to take care of ourselves. We needed to include in our total devotion to the Lord in that 24, 7, 365 rest to care for one another. We were better equipped to handle the responsibilities of ministry when we took care of each other. And some of you here in this room, God might be speaking to you about this very thing, that he wants you to start taking better care of you. You need to take care of you and your marriage. That leads me to my last B, bonding. Beautiful bonding. Bonding. A balanced, devoted life of service to the Lord also includes bonding with your husband, your family, and your friends. God created us, us for meaningful connection. Um, there are loners in the world. They are unique. Um, and part, we can be partly a loner, too. There's nothing wrong with that. You can do well on your own and function well with people, too. But he made us for meaningful connection. It's not just sitting at the same dinner table and everybody's on their device, right? I love those baskets people use. Just put it in there or put it on the charger. Just don't bring it to the table. Do people do family dinners anymore? I raised my family that way. Yeah, we didn't have the smartphone then, though. That's how old I am. <laughs> but God created us for that. So balancing uh, life with God is one that brings harmony and proper arrangement. And all along the way, God is going to require adjustments for us. So what you did at one time in life, you might have to alter and make adjustments and redistribute the weight, right, for that balance. Those four days we took gave us great benefit. But you don't have to go on a vacation. If it's not in your budget, no false guilt here. You don't have to get away and do some fancy vacation or anything like that. But if you can get away, don't you dare say, well, I can't because of this, and I can't because of that, and I can't, while well, the whole time you're, you're going up in smoke. If you can get away, get away. If you can just schedule a walk on the beach, a picnic, or whatever you have to do to keep that connection, do it. And you know what? Getting away, I've gotten away for longer than four days before, and I've come home more tired. So it's not the where. And it's not the um, how long. Those four days, I can't stress to you. I think I want to go back there. But um, take time and watch out for you. Don't feel bad if, if it's in your budget, but I want to say it one more time. If you can afford to get away or do something, it's an investment in you and your marriage. So do it. Fine. Be spontaneous. Be spontaneous. I'm the spontaneous one. I've over the years taught my husband to be more because, you know, because he's a machine, 
He already knows when he puts his head on the pillow at night, he knows what his next day looks like. Okay. That's who he is. That's how he's wired and works. So I could say, Hey, you want to go? No. You know, that would be his first answer. I wouldn't even have, I bet. No. I'm like, okay, well that hurts my feelings, but all right. <laughs> Cause I was going to say something. No, but I, I've taught him to be spontaneous. I, and he's taught me to keep a schedule. I have a watch I got for an anniversary gift 10 years ago, 11 years ago. That got me. So about 11 years ago, I started being on time. <laughs> but be spontaneous. Be flexible. Connect with your man. Speak love to him the way he hears it, the way he receives it. Hold hands. Touch each other. Don't communicate when you're too mad. Don't wait that long. Communicate when you can share reasonable, sound, leg understandable words <laughs> instead of <laughs> you just communicate. I, Barry said to me before, a long time ago, he said, you know, you tell me you love me a lot, but you don't show me. And I'm like, I'm a word girl, so I'm very literal. So words are like power to me, right? And I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm building them up. I'm telling them, but he just wants a few acts of service, you know, like maybe pour us, give, get him something or do something for just him. That's how he received it. I learned that. Now I do all kinds of things for him and I love it, but I had to learn how to do it. So speak love to him in ways that he receives it. Remember, it's about, about the dailiness of connection, right? And, you know, so we can only talk about so much stuff, but just stay connected. You know, hold hands and stuff. And, um, you know, so it's good to stay connected. I always tease my husband and say to him, I need a hug because I call it a transfer of power. He hugs me and I feel, I, that's why I say I need some power, babe. I feel like when he hugs me, it's like I get a transfer of power, you know? It, it's, and we hug a lot. But anyways, so I like that. <laughs> So it's a dailiness of connection. Anyways, hold hands and, oh, so I, we've had people at church come up to us and say, wow, you guys really love each other, you know, because we hold hands, we kiss hello, we kiss goodbye. He, he never leaves. It doesn't matter if it's like, oh, dark 30, and he's leaving, he's going to kiss me goodbye. Love it. But um, we just, that's the way we roll, and it's kept us tight. And you know why? One day, if you have kids, your kids are going to grow up and move out. Mine did. What if you're not bonded and connected? What if you're not tight? What if everything has been about the kids? What if everything's been about all the ministry and everything else and you guys have not taken care of bonding and keeping that connection with your spouse, with your husbands? Because I promise you, life changes. 
things change. And I've seen people drift apart, and we've only gotten closer. You know why? Because we've put effort into it. We've thought about the future. We cared it. We've caretaked the thing that God has blessed us with. He saved our marriage. You think I'm going to throw it away? Every one of our marriages are holy and beautiful, and they're part of the total woman of who we are. Our marriage is part of that. And we have to take care of it. And we have to take care of them and us and everything else with balance will come into play. And we'll find you'll find your way through the hard stuff and you'll fly through the good stuff. And you'll you'll remember it all because it all teaches us, right? Mountaintops and valleys, they teach us. Amen. I've loved being with you. Um, I want to, I'll close in prayer, but I want to give you a handout. Sarah, if you can hand these out for me. Um, this is a no pressure, no guilt hand sheet, handout sheet here. So if you do it or don't do it, I won't know. It doesn't matter. I think you'll benefit if you do it. I think it'll be a blessing to you if you do it in your time, but you don't need to finish it today and turn it into me. It's just a tool for you to be blessed by, to kind of reinforce the things we've talked about today.